Hello and welcome to Decomposition. I'm Anjali. And I'm Renal. Thanks for joining us on our second episode. If you're new, we're two music enthusiasts, and on this show, we explore songs from our favorite artists, and we unpack the details that we see in the songwriting and the music. We'll go over themes that speak to us and the parts that we personally love, and we're excited to share our music appreciation with you. So, Renal, you want to introduce this song? Yeah, for today's episode, we're doing Heartbreak Feels So Good by Fall Out Boy. Uh, this is their second single from their album, So Much for Stardust. It's coming out in March 2023, about a week after we're recording this episode. So um, they've released two singles. This is the second one, and we're going to be going over it here. Uh, so Anjali, what do you think was your first impression when you were hearing the song? I really liked the fact that this one felt like a bop. Like, it was instantly catchy to me. Um, something that would get stuck in my head and I'd find myself singing along to. That kind of a song. Uh, whereas, like, you know, sometimes, like, their songs are really good, but, like, it might not be as, like, iconically catchy as some of their other ones. This is one of those iconically catchy ones to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, I think part of that catchiness is how they use so many different instruments. That was the first thing that kind of caught in my ear. Um, they have, like, a synthetic bass. They have a guitar which was kind of lacking. Um, this is their first album since 2018, which was when they released Mania. And for those of you who heard that album, it was very piano heavy, very synthesizer heavy, quite light on the guitar. And hearing the guitar come in so strong on this track, like uh, at the very beginning was kind of nice. And kind of hearing him kind of go back to what they kind of used to do back in like the 2000s. So um, that was kind of what stuck out to me first as well. Yeah, that's probably why it felt so iconically catchy to me. Um, but I don't, I didn't have the music words to say that. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. They they do something a lot different than they did in Mania. Yeah, and it's kind of like a return to what they used to be, right? You know, uh, they started off as like this really big emo band in the two, early 2000s. They went on hiatus. They came back in the 2010s as kind of this pop rock kind of group, leaning a lot more toward pop as they kind of went along. And then hearing the two singles uh, with Heartbreak Feels So Good, especially, them kind of go back to those emo kind of rock roots was really, really, really nice, I think. Nice. Yeah, so kind of going into what they're kind of doing in the song, um, just some baseline stuff. The song is in key of E flat, but it revolves around the note of C which is going to be important later, so I'm bringing it up now, um, that puts the song in Aeolian mode, um, tech in technical terms. But they really play with how they use their melodies and how they emphasize around that C note. So as we kind of go into the verses and the choruses here, we, I'm going to be bringing that up kind of over and over again. So just want to kind of lay that seed in there. So um, for those of us who don't speak music theory, Aeolian, Aeoli, like Aeoli? Yeah, so. Aeolian mode is, <laughs> I'm just thinking about sauce now, yeah. but is that like where there's an, an, they're revolving around a note that's not in the key that they're playing in, or? So, um, if I say it's in the key of E flat, uh -huh. and the default would assume that it revolves around the note of E flat, okay. but instead it revolves around the note of C, so it's in the key, it's just, when I say Aeolian, it's the sixth note of the key, so if I were to play an E flat scale, the sixth note would be a C, and then they start and end all their melodies with that C. Wasn't there another one like Ionian or something? Is that... Mm -hmm. So Ionian means you start on the first. So that would mean E flat, revolving around an E flat would be Ionian. 
Oh, okay. So there's a different word for each number yeah. note that it... They're just named differently. Okay. I'm going to Google that later, like all mm-hmm. the different names. But that's interesting. Yeah. So is there different modes for different purposes? It just makes it sound kind of different. Like last time we talked about what it could have should have was in Dorian mode. And uh-huh. that let um, Taylor Swift use minor chords, even though being in a major key, which gave it a more haunting kind of sound. Oh. So um, this one, it doesn't really do that because um, you're still using major chords here. Okay. But um, it lets you have a little bit of um, tension in their chord progression. So actually, if I just play the, the main chord progression right here, it starts on a C. So you have a C. Then it goes to an E flat. Then it goes to um, an A flat which uh, if you were in Ionian mode, you would have to play an A sharp. So it gives you the one note that's kind of odd out there and doesn't really oh. fit in. So those are kind of how you can use these different modes to get these different notes that you want. And um, in this case, it gives you that a little bit of tension and they use that when transitioning between their different verses here. Cause this chord progression I just played was their verse chord progression. Uh-huh. And what it allows them to do is it allows them to go from an A flat to a G, which is a chromatic step which you would sound pretty jarring in most senses, but because it's part of, they started on a C, it works here. Okay. That's great. <laughs> That's great to know. All right, so I'll go into the lyrics then. Um, so this one starts with, No matter what they tell you, the future's up for grabs, no. No matter what they sell you, is there a word for bad miracle? Nobody said the road was endless. Nobody said the climb was friendless. But could we please pretend this won't end? Now, what I like here is that they're saying, uh, I like their little thing that they're doing with their rhyme scheme. So it's like an A-B-A-B almost. Mm-hmm. But I like that they add those beats after the main, uh, mm-hmm. after the main rhyme. So they'll say, no matter what they tell you, the future is up for grabs, no. No matter what they sell you, is there a word for bad miracle? Like miracle, no, don't really rhyme, but mm-hmm. they just kind of like give like a few beats after each main rhyme of like grab and bad, and then they just put in like extra words. And I don't know what the technical term for that is, but it's really interesting. Like um, when you were just reading it right there, I couldn't pick out a rhyme. Like you're saying it's A, B, and A, B. So could you go over like what words actually rhymed there? Oh yeah, so like if if you if you do it with the actual cadence, right? Like it's no matter no matter what they tell you, the future's up for grabs. No, no matter what they sell you, is there a word for bad miracle? So like bad and grab like last a little longer than the word like miracle. Like they really run through miracle. Oh okay. So that's what I'm saying is the rhyme in there. Mm-hmm. So they're ending it on bad, and then they just throw in miracle. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they say it so fast, it almost rhymes like with no. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. And then when they say, nobody said the road was endless. Nobody said the climb was friendless. But could we please pretend this? So mm-hmm. they, like, pretend this rhymes with endless and friendless. Mm-hmm. So I like how they mix up their cadence there to reach their rhyme. And then they end with won't end. Yeah. Like, and, and just at a different note, a higher note. Mm-hmm. And uh, they don't feel the need to rhyme that with anything. And yeah. I really like how Fall Out Boy tends to do this. Mm-hmm. They tend to just, like, throw in little extra phrases that, like, it just works because of the beat of it. Yeah. And I really like how they do that. 
Yeah, and especially with this uh, verse, what they do with the melody as well is that um, no two lines repeat the same melody. So every line, it's, it's similar, but it's slightly varied. So if you just let me play like that verse melody real quick. So they always have that little um, starting part, the... But then they add different variations on it in every line. So it creates this kind of melody that it's not really... Um, you can't really find a pattern because it keeps changing. Yeah. But it's similar enough that you can still sing along and it's still catchy. Yeah, it's still catchy. Mm -hmm. uh, I also like the way that it is... Um, building so with the words specifically like the actual if we take a look at the meaning of the words they're saying nobody said the road was endless and nobody said the climb was friendless so we're, we're getting this imagery of like an uphill road mm -hmm. and we're having to surmount it and then but could we please pretend this won't end and the way that he goes like but could, like he sings all these in like the same notes the first three lines and then when he gets to won't end he's like much higher there's like but could we please pretend this won't end? And like mm -hmm. that like lift is like giving you imagery. It's putting some imagery in place that is going to be relevant in the verse. Mm -hmm. So I really like that climbing, like being represented in the vocals as well as in the words themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And that note that he hits when he sings won't end, that's the C note. Oh, yeah. So that's why it feels like he's building up to that note, but he doesn't hit it till there. So that gives you that sense of okay we're moving on here because you've hit that c note is this that thing you were talking about where they built they're building the tension to hit reach yeah, that yeah. Note? so this is the first time they do it love it but um we'll get to the chorus and that's where they i think the song really shines is in that part right there but okay. yeah i'll let you keep going with uh, what you were saying on the verse there yeah so um yeah and i'm going to keep going through this with the rhyme scheme and the vocals and everything and then we'll talk about like overall theme after that and like mm -hmm. what overall meaning i'm getting from it for the pre-chorus they say it was an uphill battle, but they didn't know. They didn't know. We were going to use the roads as a ramp to take off. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I like here is, again, we're losing the rhymes a little bit. But we, we're using instead the assonance of they didn't know. They didn't know. We were going to use the roads as a ramp to take off. So that little bit of, a little bit of alliteration with the roads and the ramp. Mm -hmm. So... It just, it keeps it a little broken up and yet like, I think keeps all of those lines on the same level. So you really feel like we're, we're going up this road. Yeah. Like, it, and it also comes out in the vocals mm -hmm. where they're saying it, like now they're in the same, like they're close to that C with the, it's an uphill battle, but they didn't know, they didn't know. Like yeah. they keep going up to that. And, and then Rhodes is also at the same note as a ramp to take off. Take off goes a little bit down, if I'm hearing that correctly. Yeah, it does. So the melody kind of falls off right there and it helps you build that um, a little bit. It's a transition because the next line is the chorus, right? Right. So you kind of hold you in that note right there, um, take off, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I was seeing in there was that like interesting vocal progression. Mm-hmm. And I think it, what you mentioned about the alliteration and stuff, it really helps tie this song together. Like, if you told me to sing along to this song, I absolutely could. 
But if you told me to kind of just whistle the tune, I have a lot harder time. So like the melody only kind of works because those consonants and that alliteration is in there and it makes it catchy and makes it memorable. Yeah, I think with uh, Fall Out Boy, the lyrics really work with the music in a different way. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of singers, they uh, it's like the lyrics are laying on top of the music, but the way Fall Out Boy uses it like to drive it mm-hmm. is just incredible. I, lo- I love that effect they have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you mentioned you kind of wanted to talk a little bit about the meaning as well in this little portion here. Um, yes, yeah, so with this part, it's saying that they... It was an uphill battle, but they didn't know that we were going to use the ramps as a road to take. Uh, sorry, the road as a ramp to take off. Mm-hmm. So we've got a lot of imagery of roads uphill, and now we've got a ramp going. Yeah. So like to take it from like uphill battle, and like just a general meaning of struggle, and then calling it a ramp to take off. We're starting to get this meaning of like it wasn't just like we were going through a struggle and we got through a struggle, and now we're like you know, started from the bottom, now we're here. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's actually more of like, we did more than just get to the top of the hill. We mm-hmm. went, we like surpassed everyone's expectations. Yeah. And that's a really cool like meaning for anyone who's, you know, feels like, oh, like I didn't just go through a struggle. Like it paid off in ways that no one, like all those people who were putting me down could mm-hmm. not have expected or predicted. Yeah, so I think, you know, what we're kind of building to here is this whole song is kind of talking about their career as a band to this point. And when they mention things like this, um, actually last summer, I read uh, Joe Troman, who's the guitarist for Fall Out Boy. Mm-hmm. He released his memoir, and he talked a lot about Fall Out Boy's early days. So um, when they say, like, a lot of these artists have success overnight, it was kind of like that, like... Um, he was talking about how when they released uh, Sugar We're Going Down, before they released that song, they were literally playing to empty bars. Like, the only people there was the bartender. They released that song. Um, it was out for, like, a week or two weeks or something like that. And then the next show, it was packed. Like, uh, front to back, like, stuffed. Oh, damn. And they were, like, uh, they were backstage, and they were planning on coming out and not expecting anyone to be there. And suddenly it was packed. Yeah. So when they say this imagery of like using the roads as a ramp to take off, I think that's kind of what the memory that it brings up is reading that in his memoir. Like, oh, they were going through what kind of every musician goes through. You know, you got to grind through the bars. You got to grind through tiny venues, playing to no one until something clicks, right? And you get discovered. Yeah, and you get discovered. But even after you get discovered, it takes a while to build the following, right? Mm-hmm. But it seemed like what happened in Fall Boy's case was overnight they suddenly had packed venues. You yeah. Know? So when they say, like, road to take off, I kind of see that as they were expecting to be at some point, but suddenly they overshot it and they don't know how. Yeah, and I think the level that they've achieved is also shown in the fact that they broke up for a bit and then came back and they're still releasing music. They're still going strong, going on tour and stuff, and they yeah. still have a following. So mm-hmm. uh, I think it's like, yeah, we didn't just get to that. We didn't just get discovered. Mm-hmm. We got like such a level of of like uh, fame that, or you know, uh, you know, just iconic music mm-hmm. that even our fan base could even survive like a breaking up of the band and coming back together. Yeah, which is pretty huge. Yeah, and like I like how they phrase it as well, like roads as a ramp. It's saying we didn't do anything special. We used the regular road. Yeah, <laughs> we just used it as a ramp, right? They didn't say something like we built a ramp to take off. You know, the lyrics say we used the road as a ramp. I like that. I like yeah. that uh, observation a lot because, yeah, it's like we we were on the same road as everybody else, but we we got something more out of it. Yeah. Which is cool. 
Yeah, and they say, like, they didn't know, like, all these, whoever they were fighting against, record labels, management, whatever it was, right, uh-huh. that they would become this big, you know? And Fall Out Boy also is no stranger to having hate around their music. <laughs> They've had oh, yeah. a lot of people put them <laughs> down over the time and for whatever they are. But despite all that, like you said, they're still going on sold-out tours. You know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's great. And mm. uh, I think they bring this out in the verse, or sorry, the chorus that mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to go into next, which is like, we could cry a little, cry a lot. Don't stop dancing. Don't dare stop. We'll cry later or cry now. You know it's heartbreak. We could dance our tears away, emancipate ourselves. We'll cry later or cry now, but baby, heartbreak feels so good. Mm-hmm. And so they're talking about crying, but they're saying it in a way of like, we could cry a little, we could cry a lot, or mm-hmm. now or later, mm-hmm. but we're not going to stop dancing. Like, we have to keep dancing. Like, it's, it's building this, uh, like... Uh, this theme of like, okay, we, we, like we're seeing from the road, like it's driving, mm-hmm. and d- saying don't stop dancing, don't dare stop, yeah. is like don't stop going like through it, and like dancing kind of gives you like some positive imagery, mm-hmm. so it's almost like kind of like dancing through like even bad circumstances, yeah, and then saying like we'll cry later or cry now, but you'll be dancing while you're doing it, mm-hmm. and that the heartbreak feels good because it's going to be the thing that emancipates us. Mm-hmm. Or it was the thing that emancipates us. It's a little bit more like they're looking back on it now kind of a thing. Like yeah. because they got to so much good out of it, mm-hmm. uh, the heartbreak feels that good. Yeah, yeah. I actually had slightly different interpretation on that one. Oh, interesting. But um, the way I saw it, like they use these words cry later or cry now. Okay. Um, I saw it as because they're an emo band, uh-huh. I feel... I. Um, I took it as, we'll release music later, we'll release music now, but you're going to be dancing through all of it. And by cry later, they mean, oh, we're releasing all these emo songs. Uh But, you know, so our audience, you'll cry later, you'll cry now. It doesn't matter. We're always there. And you're always dancing through it with us because we're there for all of your... um, And your heartbreak feels so good is because you have us, uh, this emo band that you listen to for heartbreak. That's actually like... That's an interesting point because they do tend to talk to their audience a lot when they're yeah. when they're singing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I, I see both of these interpretations as valid. And like, yeah, they, they definitely definitely like to talk to their um, audience. Like, yeah. hey, we're here, we're partying, we're dancing together. Yeah. Uh, like you, the audience, and us, and we won't stop. Mm-hmm. I love the, your use of dance as well, because I, I find it as a reference to um, one of their older songs, Dance Dance, mm-hmm. which was around the same time as Sugar Going Down. I think it was 05 it came out. It was also one of their biggest songs. So throwing that in there, I liked really as a reference. Uh-huh. And um, the what was the line about Don't Dare Stop? What was the exact lyrics? Don't stop dancing, don't dare stop. Yeah, yeah. So another thing that I, um, I'm pulling from Joe Troman's memoir, um, I've never mentioned the name. It's called None of This Rocks. Oh, okay. Great book if anyone wants to read it. But um, when they were pre-hiatus, so like 2003 to 2009, um, he talked about how they did not take a break. It was tour, record, release album, promo, tour, mm-hmm. back into the studio recording. And they yeah. would just write their songs while they were on tour. Jeez. And they did that from 03 to 09. And it was a big part of why they went on hiatus. They were like, we just, we're just so burned out. We need to do something else. That makes sense. <laughs> so that idea of, you know, 
uh, keep dancing, don't dare stop, I think also kind of applies to themselves a little bit. Yeah. Of like, this is the show, they're the dancing monkeys, and they can't stop because this is what they signed up for now. Yeah. You know? No, yeah. I, I, I like that as well. Like, <laughs> this, um, the, the potential behind the words, we could dance our tears away, emancipate ourselves, is a lot of like, uh, showing like, okay, if we keep grinding here, yeah, we could get like we could get free of something, emancipate yeah. ourselves, mm-hmm. and that's uh, that's a that would tie into what you're saying about like oh they had to grind for so hard, but it's like this is the thing we're holding on to is like this could become a ramp for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and the whole thing of like just get through this, we'll be free, mm-hmm. and you know, and in a way they kind of are. They have no need to continue making more music. They've made their money, mm-hmm. um, but they still keep doing this, you know, this is like, they're calling, they got to keep dancing, you know, cry later or cry now. They're just going to do it. You know? Yeah. I'm also going to say that like, uh, whether or not you feel like, um, an artist has reached a level of fame and glory or whatever you're seeing it as, uh, and wealth that you're like, Oh, they're not grinding anymore. You know, they had to go through that at some point. You don't know if they're going through it right now. They probably are. But you don't know how much it affected them when they had to go through it. Mm-hmm. So it's like they're going to write these songs because that was a very real feeling that they had. And it's still relevant for other people too, right? Yeah. Like, I connect with this song not because I know their whole history. I'm learning as we're talking about mm-hmm. their the details of what they went through. But, like, I can connect to this song through struggles I've had and times where I've worked to the point that I could emancipate myself from mm-hmm. a situation. And that's... That's the beauty of songs and music yeah. is that like I don't need to be them to understand this, and uh, yeah, I I don't think that like it's ever not relevant. Yeah, yeah, and I know we're spending a lot of time on this section, but I think this is really where the song shines with the oh, chorus. Yeah. <laughs> um, one more thing that I want to point out, melody wise, is mm-hmm. that line you mentioned, uh, "We'll cry later or cry now." Mm-hmm. In the notes, it's kind of this upward trend. So like, if I play it, it's a. Uh, Um, so it's kind of going just kind of up the scale and it's ending on a B flat, which is one step short of that all important C that I okay. talked about. Right. Then what happens is they sing that heartbreak feels so good line. Mm-hmm. So when I play that one, that's. So that feels so good. They end that line <laughs> on the C and that's why you yeah. get that feeling of um, like that like that climax happens right on that line because the heat one he holds it and it's he's hitting that c that you've been waiting for this whole chorus yeah because it keeps ending on a b flat and you're like "Ah, a little bit more a little bit more and then he hits it on feels so good yeah so we'll cry later or cry now you know when he goes to you know it's heartbreak yeah what's that note is that another b flat uh that's i believe an e flat so it's somewhere lower in the scale no it's heartbreak we could dance the tears away. Yeah. Let me see. That's uh It's a G. It's a G. So it's just somewhere in the middle of the scale. Okay. So cuz yeah. that one also feels unresolved to me. Yeah. So it's not yeah. at the beginning or the end of the scale. So it should feel unresolved. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah uh, and with the uh, lyrics and rhyme scheme again here we find that we're not getting perfect rhymes. Mm-hmm. So, like, in the beginning, it's like, it seems like it's going to be. Because they say, we, we could cry a little, cry a lot. Don't, do, don't stop dancing, don't dare stop. Um, we cry, but then they lose it. They say, we'll cry later or cry now. You know it's heartbreak. 
So it's like the later and the heartbreak mm -hmm. starts to tie together. We could dance our tears away, emancipate ourselves. Mm -hmm. So they're going with that A sound with a heartbreak away and emancipate, mm -hmm. which I love the importance that gives the word emancipate. Yeah. Because that's like, it's in the middle of a line, but it's highlighted by that uh, rhyme sticking out there. And again, with the cadence, if you go and listen to the song, they're doing like emancipate. Yeah. Like it, it sticks out. They don't just say emancipate. Like <laughs> yeah, it kind of emancipate's a four-syllable word. The fact that they managed to fit that into such a sing-songy melody. It's, it's the way. Cool. Yeah, it's the same way that they did the. Is there a word? Uh, sorry, the future's up for grabs. No, is yeah. there a word for bad miracle? Mm -hmm. They did emancipate ourselves. Yeah, like they highlighted it and made it almost the end of a line without making it the end of the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and then they go back to We'll Cry Later or Cry Now, but baby, heartbreak feels so good. Mm -hmm. We don't have a rhyme with good. We don't have a rhyme with baby or anything, but like it still feels complete and good. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you don't need a line with that feels, you don't need something to rhyme it feels so good because he's hitting that C note yeah. and you're feeling that resolution. It's yeah. not like you need a rhyme at that point. But I, I love seeing this because they're so much better than I could write. Like, I would be yeah. like, okay, let's do an ABAB -A -B rhyme scheme. <laughs> yeah. And then we'll have a complete and good song. And that's how, like, my instinct is as just a, you know, a, a not a professional. Mm -hmm. And I just, uh, an amateur, sorry. And then, uh, like, I feel like uh, hearing people do such creative stuff is just like, oh, wow, you made a great song and you did it so much better than me. And that's why I listen to music. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Like, it, it's the idea of, you know, you learn all the rules just so you can break them. I like, love that, Like, that's what they yeah. say about art, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what what's interesting is then they go into Heartbreak Feels So Good, and then they do the do-do-do-do-do-do-do, yeah, <laughs> which is so, the best I can approximate it. Yeah. And I can't say I know any point to that, but it's just a fun, it's a fun little tune. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, can I talk about this section go a little ahead. bit? So they do this little... Uh, it's just a bunch of OOs, and it's this really chorusy kind of vocal. Mm -hmm. And um, they have a guitar play the exact same line. And um, if I just play it real quick, I love this melody just because it's catchy, and yeah. it just sinks into your brain, and this is the part that gets stuck in your head for the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. But uh, it goes something like... Something like that, right? And... Um, the production value here is my favorite part because they use these chorusy kind of vocals and that's something that they really use in their later part of the career. So, you know, I spent the first half of this episode talking about how it, back to this guitar, back to what they did in original, but there's still elements of their later part of their career. And for a song where they're talking about what they did, went through and what they are now, you can kind of see what they've picked up from little bits of everything along their yeah. career, right? And they use it here. And the other parallel that I love in this section is this is their first music they're releasing since 2018, which is, I'm bad at math, what is that, five-year break? <laughs> yeah. So the last time they went on a long break was their hiatus, which was about a four-year break at that time. Okay. And the song they came back with was uh, My Songs Know What You Did in the, in the Dark, which also has that really chorusy vocal section mm -hmm. to tie it in, um, something like... Yeah. So I loved, I saw it as a reference to that, like, you know, 
Hey, we're back again, and we're gonna do this. They like to use this little uh, vocalizing kind of melody to stick back in your head again after they've been away for a long time. Right. I, I do love when they do this because it's like a, like you said, like a chorus of voices like going, doing this melody. Yeah. And like in, uh, which song did you say? It was uh, My Songs Know What You Did in the Dark. My Songs Know What You Did in the Dark. And that one, like, again, is like that giant chorus. And when you're singing this in your car alone, mm-hmm. you're just like singing with it. You're part of like this church group vibe. Yeah. I'm sorry, I think we talk about church too much, but <laughs> for people who aren't in it. But it's just like I wanna like I wanna just be a part of this song. I'm in the church of Fallout Boy and we're mm-hmm. here to like celebrate with them everything. And and I love that they have these kinds of parts in their music because then you know when you go see it live or something, this is the part where everyone's yelling. Doesn't matter if you knew all the little words or whatever. This is like the tune that sticks with you. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like this, come back and sing with us. Yeah. Join this chorus of voices with us. I you love know? how much they tie in the audience. Like, yeah. these, the two songs we mentioned are not the only ones that they do this in. They do this oh, in no. a ton of their songs lot, throughout yeah. their career. And I think the other one that I hear it in is Irresistible. Because um, oh, they, yeah. do, they do that a lot in that one. And you, you use a lot of, when you're trying to sing it, use a lot of, like effort because Mm -hmm. they hold every note for so long and like that's kind of fun because like if i i know that if i saw this in person or something i would just be like out of breath by the end just trying to hold all those notes because they go like irresistible like for like measures and that's and then they you know do more of the oh oh, oh, oh." yeah yeah. (laughs) and uh like that's that's what i love about their songs Mm-hmm. So this is part of that. And I also think that it's interesting because they don't purely say oh in this song, uh, in, in Heartbreak Feels So Good. They say, they go oh, and then they go low, and then they say no, mm-hmm. which is weird and interesting. And I don't know if those, no. I, yeah, I have no idea why they do that. Like, mm-hmm. is it, are they trying to say no? Are they trying to say low? I can't really tell. Yeah, I don't, I don't actually catch that. So I'm not sure. Yeah. I have to go back and look at that one. Yeah, if you, if you listen to it closely, there's yeah. a lot of to know. But that's fine. We don't have all the answers. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yes, yeah, so that's a that's an interesting part. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go from there into the second verse. Yeah. And uh, they say, we said we'd never grow up. Uh, we said we'd never grow up. It's open season on Blue Moods. Light from a screen of messages. Unsent. <laughs> they go yeah. back to that. Unsent. Mm-hmm. Um, now the, this is a very short verse and I didn't get too much from it. Like I can see the, we said we'd never grow up makes exact sense. It's open season on blue moods. So that makes me that like open season, like you can go hunt Mm -hmm. on blue moods, sadness or any bad feelings or something. So it's like, it's like someone's going against sadness yeah, or feelings so, of it um the way i saw this one i think um the words we said we never grow up mm-hmm. is a reference for like really long time fans i think because um their first ep that they released before they even had a record deal was um called evening out with your girlfriend and it okay. had a song on it called growing up and throughout their albums they love to just 
throw the words grow up in there when they want to reference their old career. So yeah. that was the first thing I noticed when oh, I saw okay. this as like a longtime fan. Like, oh, they're just calling out the words growing up. They like to stick that in there a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, open Seasons on Blue Moons, I think, um, is a reference to uh, their own hiatus, right? Mm-hmm. They said, hey, we were the kings of emo for the 2000s. Oh, Blue Moods, emo. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's never my first thought. That yeah. shows how much I wasn't an emo kid. <laughs> and they said, oh, when we went out of the scene, suddenly it's open season for everybody. Oh. But with this song, hey, we're back, you know. I love that. I, that's how I saw this verse, at least. Yeah. And the light from a screen of messages unsent. Um, well, we all know how that feels of, like, the things you want to say that you can't get yourself to press send on. Yeah. But I don't know how it would tie to Fall Out Boy specifically. I think it's a kind of a reference to, hey, we're not done. You know, we're coming back. They, had no, they have no reason to come back. They've cemented their legacy. They just, uh, a few albums ago, they had a song said, you'll remember me for centuries. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think it was a sense of, hey, we still have more to say. So we're going to send these messages and come on back with this song. I like that. Yeah. Like a continuation of their career promised here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, and from this, uh, uh, rhyme from the rhyme part of it, at least, uh, there's only alliteration and assonance. There's no rhymes in this. They say, uh, we said we never grow up. It's open season on Blue Moods. Uh, and then that's assonance. And then for alliteration, it's like from a screen of messages unsent. Uh, and so, again, they're tying things together, building the vocals again. You find them kind of like prepping for that ramp mm-hmm. to go back into their pre-chorus and chorus. Um, it, but unsent does rhyme with won't end which is what they start with the last verse ended on. Mm-hmm. So every time they go, they're about to go into this pre-chorus, they say, uh, they, they have that N sound as a rhyme. Oh, yeah. I didn't catch that. That's a nice one. Yeah, yeah I didn't see it until I just looked at it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't in my original notes. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very subtle, and I like yeah. that. Oh, gosh, great writing. Yeah, uh, that's... They they do go from here into the pre-chorus again, back yeah. into their chorus a couple times. Yeah, so th- I think this is the end for new lyrics, right? Everything else is kind of repeated. Yeah, we're done on lyrics. Yeah, so if I had a bone to pick with the song. Okay, it is this spicy. Bri- it is this bridge section. This, oh. in my mind, is a wasted opportunity. Okay, so, why? So uh, if you listen to it, all they do is kind of the very stereotypical pop-punk kind of thing where they mute everything less guitars, and they just sing the chorus again, but quieter. Uh, yeah, they go into the pre-chorus with filtered, pre-chorus. Voice, with filtered voices, and then they go back to unfiltered on to take off, and then they go straight back into We Could Cry a Little, Cry a Lot. Yeah. And that is very classic pop punk. <laughs> it is very classic pop punk, and I appreciate that. Yeah. But I thought this was a missed opportunity because we talked so much about building momentum and, you know, ending on a B-flat and hitting a C that they did in this masterful chorus, right? Uh-huh. But now when you do this type of bridge, you've cut the momentum and you have to build it back up again, which they do. But I thought this was a missed opportunity to serve something to just stay at that high level and just pound through the end of the song. Um, so what I would have loved to see here was a guitar solo. And I'm not just saying that just as a guitarist, but <laughs> I think I would have 
absolutely <laughs> love them to keep the energy up here, even if you had the guitar play the same melody as the vocal, yeah. which is a common technique in pop punk songs also. Uh, Fall Out Boy has used guitar solos in the past. I felt like it would have really tied the song here to have like some sort of guitar solo instead of this, you know, cut the momentum and then build me back up again. Like you did all the building already. Just keep it up. At yeah. The top. Yeah. But this was also the first single that they released for this album, right? Oh, uh, second. Okay, so I'm wrong. It's the second one yeah. that they released. And I think that this one was kind of meant to be the bop mm-hmm. of those initial singles because you need one to like, you know, hopefully make it to radio or something. Yeah. And this feels a lot more like a dance song. Mm. You know, not the least because of the lyrics literally mentioning dancing, but like yeah. also because of this kind of similar and continued like pace that it ends on where it's just like we're just gonna keep doing this a couple more times until we feel like the song should end and that like lower bridge and then like going back into it classic for dancing too you Mm -hmm. know where you're just like oh everybody gets like quiet and then someone's gonna remix it later and make it like a really cool drop so like that's what it felt like to me like that might be why they did it but you're right it had a lot of potential yeah (laughs) to be more than that it's fine it's not a bad song i love this song yeah but it could have been better is all i'm gonna say and this is the section that it just doesn't do it for me yeah yeah i mean i still sing along with all of it (laughs) because it's very catchy Mm -hmm. but yeah i see what you're saying here all right so I think we're kind of at the end of the song now. Uh, definitely go check it out. Um, it sounds a lot better when it's not just us saying the words and yeah, yeah. <laughs> noodling about on guitar. It's a great song if you haven't heard it. Um, and I was just wondering, Mernal, is there like another song that you'd recommend for fans uh, based on this one, uh, either from this artist or another, that just like you feel like would be interesting to check out if you're already interested in this song? Yeah, so if you like kind of what we talked about here, you know, how they talked about reflecting on their career and like kind of what they've been up to at this point. Another one of their songs by Fall Out Boy uh, that they do this is called uh, Disloyal Order of Water Buffaloes. But where they talk about what they've been up to at that point, and that song came out in 2009. Um, but they were very, it's a very different mindset than this one. And I love contrasting the two. For example, in this one, they say heartbreak feels so good. Um, there's a line in uh, Disloyal Order of Water Buffaloes called that says, uh, no one wants to hear you sing about tragedy. Oh. So it's a very different mindset, albeit more negative, to their old career. And I love listening to these two and like kind of comparing those two and seeing how they've changed from 2009 to now. So that would be a song I'd go check out. Yeah, I think um, mine would also be another Fall Out Boy song, actually, because, uh, like you said, the, uh, that, that lyric... Uh, the lyric of from Disorder Order Water Buffaloes is nobody wants to hear you sing about tragedy. It just sticks with me and like stays with me. I don't know the names of all their songs. Their names of their songs are so long. Classic Fall Out Boy. Yeah, and I have a, I have a short memory. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so for that song, that line really sticks with me. And then um, I, I found the same thing in uh, Stay Frosty Royal Milk Tea. Uh, an insane title from Mania album and like that one I really like how they keep going on the theme of the only thing that's ever stopping me is me and it's just a very driven and like beat heavy song and it's kind of like if you need to feel pumped up like that's the song to do it to because it's just like very hard hitting on the lyrics and the beat and uh, it's a great one to just sing along to when you need a bop 
Yeah, and like you said, that one's also very dancey, just like how you're saying this very one is. Very dancey, yeah, yeah. Very similar. <laughs> yeah. All right, anything else for this song? Uh, no, I think uh, that was all. I'd go check out the album. The new album is called uh, So Much for Stardust, coming out in March 2023. Great. And yeah, so thank you for joining us again. And we drop an episode every two weeks, so be sure to follow us for the latest. Um, we're on Spotify and we're on Apple Podcasts. And feel free to leave a review on either one. And shout out to everyone who listened to the first episode. Thank you so much for listening. And we really loved hearing your feedback. It was very heartwarming. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, if you haven't heard that first one, it was on Taylor Swift's song, Would Have, Could Have, Should Have. Um, so be sure to check that out. See you next time on Decomposition. Bye-bye.